trying to start recording. Yeah, I think I think we're good. Um, welcome back, Leanna, on to the Bookworm Games, aka Game Cool Books uh, podcast. Here talking about his dark materials. I'm not sure which category this falls under. It's not exactly a video game. It's not exactly a book. Um, but I'm really excited to discuss with you um, the his dark materials series that just came out on on BBC and HBO. Um, what did you think of it? I mean, what was your overall impression? Well, first off, it's really great to be back. <laughs> it's nice to be talking to you again. Yeah. Um, so I will say that as a book reader, I think watching it the first time through, I was not able to enjoy it as much as I could have if I wasn't a book reader. Mm. Um, that, that's a major thing for me because I went back and rewatched it the second time trying to like ignore all the book stuff and it was actually really great it's just the first time around I was just nitpicky but maybe that's just me no I had the exact <laughs> same experience I just rewatched it like last weekend um in preparation to talk about it finally and uh I I, I felt I felt like I enjoyed it a lot more the second time through as well um and and what were some of the main I guess the main nitpicks the m- main nits that you felt like you, 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 you were, you were picking and then you, you stopped picking <laughs> afterwards. Uh, so I will get this out of the way right now. The biggest problem I have, and I've actually seen it in a lot of our discussions posts on the His Dark Materials wiki, is that the lack of demons and the emphasis on demons in the TV series is very, very present, especially to book readers. Totally. Yeah. Um. So. Especially, um, it, it, I totally understand, like, the budget constraints, and they, they tried to explain it as, oh, not everyone wants to show off their demon, but to me, that just really, really took away from the world-building aspect and, like, immersing yourself in their world, in Lyra's world specifically, but, yeah, I saw, like, a lot of people commenting on that, so I know it wasn't just me, and, um, even one person was comparing it to, um, being like Harry Potter with no wands. Right. Like it was a very, it was a very major thing. But I, yeah, I felt like, I felt like something was missing and it took me a while to realize that the demons weren't as visible in in all the scenes. Um, I, I guess as I watched it again, the second time I got more pulled into the characters and their, you know, the way that they kind of carried the story through yeah. through the characters themselves, the actors, that is, right? Um, and, I, and it didn't bother me as much, but I definitely uh, felt that too. And I wonder if that is something that's mostly because we've read the book and that has such a strong, you know, impression um, in the way that the story is told through the uh, the text, right? Um, are there people out there who've, who've spoken about watching the series having never read the books or is there is there much of that um input from fans uh, of the series but people who don't know the books um so from my impression most of the replies in our wiki has come from book readers yeah um but i did watch with somebody who is not a book reader and i feel like maybe i spoiled it a little bit for him my best friend mm-hmm. um just because I was always nitpicking at things and like the lack of demons. But he said 
or he actually did notice because I had told him we had watched the movie together and he saw the TV show and he was like, Oh, where are all the demons? And so he hadn't read the books, but he knew from the movie alone that demons were super important and that the lack of them was kind of noticeable. So I thought that was an interesting perspective too. See, I, yeah, I meant to rewatch the movie and I still haven't done it yet. Um, because I'm curious now, because I really don't remember it that well. Um, do they do a good job with the demons in the movie, the original, you know, from the 90s or whenever it was? Yeah, they actually do. They um, Maybe because they have a lot less time span to cover, but yeah. they definitely have a lot of demons in there. Cool. Yeah, I read someone, someone who really dislikes Pullman wrote a really snarky review around the time it was coming out that I read where he basically said... Demons are like a really stupid idea because if everyone had an animal around them all the time, there'd be like this cacophony of, um, you know, braying and and barking and um, hooting and all, all sorts of stuff like that, um, which I thought was pretty funny, like well taken, I guess. But um, but demons aren't simply animals, of course. They have animal forms, but they're they're much more than that. Here's one thing that really really bothered me at the very start of the show. They display that text that says demons are like the physical manifestation of the soul, or, you know, something along those lines. And they basically say right out what a demon is. And I didn't like that they made that choice. I I think I might understand why they went that route, but but I wish they had left the demons more mysterious the way they are in the book. And and you sort of learn about them little by little. And you can make up your own mind about what they are. Right. (laughs) Um, I totally understand why they did that. And... Like, it, I, I'm sure it would help people who haven't seen it. But at the same time, that was a huge mystery. Like, the first line of the first book was, like, Lyra and her demon are walking through the retiring, or the, um, the Great Hall or whatever to get to the retiring room. And, like, the Lyra and her demon part was, like, the most, like, the most attention-grabbing bit of that. Because you're like, a demon? What is a demon, you know? Yeah. And, like, over the course of the adventure, you realize, like, this is your companion, Yes, it could be a representation of your soul, but it's, like, so much more than that. So many different interpretations. And, yeah, I never really picked up on that specific part, like, how it set the tone for the demons. But that's a really good point. No, but other than that, I loved the intro, you know, sequence that they had. Like, I thought that that was beautifully done. I loved the music, like, everything that sort of draws you into the show, right? Oh, Um, yeah. And so... I just felt like that was such a big whiff um, to, to put that right up front um, when they could have just let the music, the the visuals sort of pull you in and, and then let you explore this world. Um, but the other, okay, so there, that's one big change, right? Like not enough demons, not enough emphasis on the viewer getting to learn about demons by seeing them in action and, and hearing mm-hmm. them talk and all that. What were some other let's try to get some other you know critiques major problems with the show uh put out front here um so i don't want to call this a problem i think like um some of the fans actually think this is just like a different interpretation but as far as the relationship between lyra and pan specifically um in this show it seemed to me that pan was a lot more of the curious one and lyra was the one following behind and that was a really big shift for me because I had always viewed Lyra as a super adventurous, super like this this girl's adventure I really wanted to follow. 
it was very weird seeing her talk to Pan reservedly, and he's the one being like, when has this ever stopped us? Or stuff like that. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's a valid interpretation, right, of um, how to how to view the dynamic between the two of them. Uh, it does seem like Lyra is a lot more thoughtful overall like she's just mm-hmm. a little less a little less um impetuous and you know um spirited she mm-hmm. has these really quiet moments throughout the show that um I, I thought they they gave her character a neat kind of depth um that i thought the the actress who played her was was really strong at those moments in particular um oh, of yeah um, what, what's her name again? The, the uh, Daphne Keen. Daphne Keen. Yeah. Okay. So she's great. I mean, all the actors and oh, actresses yeah. I thought did an awesome job. Um, but you know, she particularly, I thought like really excelled in those kind of thoughtful, you know, moody brooding sort of moments. Um, and yeah, the pan, uh, demon character is, is really lively and, um, yeah, really trying to go explore, right. The, the room they're not allowed to go in, right? The in the walls and and you know. so so the settings, right? Um, I thought were beautiful throughout the show. Um, yeah. There, I felt like there was not enough of the uh, Svalbard part, though. Um, mm. The the impression I got of Svalbard from the book was that it was you know huge and over decorated and you know. Um, all the bears had their like little puppet demons that they were wearing and they weren't really sure if they w- were supposed to, you know, react like all of that was way more muted. And there was there was very little of the, the bears, I thought. Um, yeah, so that was I the one that, part I, I wanted more of. I think um, with the bears, though, especially with um, I think it was Yofer, the, mm-hmm. the current king was um, I think it's very hard to depict that bears are not meant to act like humans without saying it outright. Like sure. saying that this this particular bear really wants to be human-like. And like there's there's it's a hard way to explain that this is not how bears should be without like showing a back and forth between the two. Yeah. If that makes sense. So yeah. I was really curious how they were going to do that and I, I did find it a little underwhelming, especially since it was so brief. I thought maybe they could have um had a bit more dialogue just about that. Yeah, yeah. I I missed the um yeah, I, I guess I just wanted the combat to take place out in the snow. You know, like that oh, is such oh, a beautiful oh, yes. set piece in the book. Uh, beautiful and horrifying, right? The oh yeah, a lot of people actually commented on how on that on um the fight itself, especially um specifically, you know, how um he's supposed to have his jaw whacked off. And yeah, don't see it. everybody in the comments were uh, talking about how it didn't happen. And I think one person even said that it was to keep it a little bit more child friendly, sure. which I didn't quite understand because it's an HBO show. <laughs> I get <laughs> it's appealing to children's like this is a appealing to children, but it also has a lot more mature themes throughout it. And that's oh. one thing that of, of all the things to mute, they would mute just like the fight. <laughs> it was a really interesting yeah that's that's a great point the hbo um production values are very evident with the exception of right like there's not enough cgi to to do the mm-hmm. demons and maybe the bears too um properly but 
um, other than that, yeah, I was kind of surprised how little, you know, gratuitous violence and, and nudity and foul language, like there wasn't hardly any of that stuff. It right. was really Very... something you could watch with your kids and, and not yes. feel like too bad about it. Surprising, I guess, mm-hmm. is all. I guess that's one way to market it. I guess that's how they were trying to market it, I suppose. But at the same time, I had also heard somewhere it was supposed to be like the next Game of Thrones. Since Game of Thrones had just finished, they were putting all of their efforts into this. But it it doesn't feel quite at that same level at all. No, I didn't didn't watch enough of that. Did you watch much Game of Thrones? Uh, Yeah, I watched all of it. Plenty of violence, plenty of nudity, plenty of not being afraid to go to those depths. So, yeah, but see, I think is a, quite a turnaround. I, I, I guess I, I think this book is just not like that either, though. So to be true to the book, they couldn't really push it to that extreme. Um, and I guess here's a question I have: is is the um, audience response and the popularity, is it what HBO and BBC were hoping for? Is it? Uh, not quite meeting their expectations like what's the overall kind of feel about how this show did well as far as statistics i haven't looked into statistics but honestly after looking through all the fan comments i mean most of it is positive yeah um i mean obviously book readers they nitpick on certain things but then they're like it's a good adaptation because we know you have to sacrifice things for the screen. So like people are, I feel like people are excited and I mean, they've already done season two. I think oh, they're, they're all in on this. <laughs> oh yeah. They definitely built that in way early. This was one of the questions that we actually got from, uh, from night speakers mm-hmm. over on the fandom and uh, wiki, he or she, I'm not sure actually, I, I don't know why I assumed he, sorry. Night speakers, whoever you are, you ask, um, how, how about having Will and Elaine coming in so early? And is it, is it like three or four episodes in before they introduce the um, Our World um, scenes and stuff? It's very early, though, right? It's, it's um, super early. It's actually um, episode two, I believe, where oh. he first travels to the other world. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is. So he first travels there and talks to Thomas um in episode two but we don't really see will until um i think episode three or four okay but it's super early and i thought that was when i saw that i was i was so shocked i was like oh my gosh for um, (laughs) lord boreal to have such a huge part in season one is such a huge decision for them to decide and um yeah it's really bold right it it means that they are you know, very much committed to doing the sequel. And the way that they introduce it so early, though, they they kind of get a head start on the sequel, too. So they can sort of maybe overall they get to compress some of the story down um, as a result of this decision. Um, I, I'm curious, I guess, to see what else gets sort of cut and moved around now that we've established that that's sort of fair game um, in the series. Uh, yeah. Personally, though, as far as um, bringing him in early was like that that it, it's such a huge thing to do yeah. and from what I was researching apparently it was done because 
um, Daphne Keene, being a child, couldn't act in every single scene and fill up all eight hours of the first season, apparently. And so right. they had to take on another direction and find something else to focus on. So they chose, obviously, Will's storyline. And I just think that it took away just the tiniest bit from Lyra's journey. Yeah. Just because the scenes for our world were scattered so... I don't want to say randomly, but they were scattered a lot throughout Lyra's scenes. So we would be in Lyra's world and then flash over to Will's world. Yeah. And it it, it was a little bit jarring for me personally. And um, the person I was watching with actually said it was a little distracting. But I don't I don't think that's everybody's opinion. I just personally think that maybe they should have brought him in um, closer to episode five. Maybe had less scenes with him and. Yeah just built it up towards the end. Yeah, yeah. I So you mentioned also this Thomas character. I have to say, I really didn't like the new, you know, emphasis on um, the kind of sneaky spying, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's just creepy. I, I thought it was just really creepy. I was, I'm going to, you know, ruin this if someone hasn't watched the whole series. Look, look out, because I was so glad when Thomas was the one who got killed. Um, by Will and, the, and his cat on the way out. Um, I was I was so pumped that Thomas was cut out of of the series because I, I didn't like that character. He was um, maybe here's one thing I'll confess. I felt like they were making a bit of a statement with Thomas about people who became too uh, I don't know I don't want to say like too big of fans, but like too yeah in in engaged or something in the idea of demons right thomas was obsessed with demons mm-hmm. he was obsessed with the snake I and i didn't like that i was getting this kind of weird um you know self-consciousness thing going because i was like oh like i don't want to be like him but maybe i'm kind of like him <laughs> just because they're so fascinated right yeah oh yeah. yeah i never really viewed him as creepy but i definitely see where you're coming from like he, as a character, I didn't see the need for his character yeah. or the amount of development that he got. Maybe it was to make the impact of Will killing him um, more devastating, but honestly, it it didn't impact me more than it would have if it was a stranger. No. Especially yeah. because that particular scene, I think, was done a little bit rushed. Yeah, yeah. There was not enough suspense built mm-hmm. into that they could have done i think a lot more with that and agree i agree that maybe knowing a little less about will it would have sort of made you um like sort of feel more it was at stake in that scene in a way yeah, um shocked maybe yeah exactly exactly and you know i i like the way that will is developed a little bit to mm-hmm. kind of parallel lyra but i agree that that trade-off there is that lyra is um, less of the focus. As a result, there's this sense that in some way she is also, you know, a parallel for Will or, or something like that, right? We're gonna, we're gonna just, um, we're, I guess we just get that brought in earlier is ultimately the thing. Like the shock of picking up the subtle knife and not seeing Lyra in it is something that they sacrifice by bringing that in a, a lot earlier. Um, which, you know, that's cool. So I, I loved the um, the way that um, some of the secondary characters get a little more um, screen time, though. Like Roger, I thought was really great. 
how how much oh, sort of yeah. personality he has, right? I love Lyra and Roger in this. They're adorable together. Like the opening scene of the whole series was them like running through Jordan, and that was that was exactly what I wanted to see at that moment. You know, I to desperately, open up. I desperately wanted to see them steal the Egyptian boat, though. <laughs> I wanted that scene so badly, um, but it just didn't happen yet. Maybe we'll get it as a flashback later. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I loved, I loved the, the, you know, running around the college, um, and just Rogers sort of like, he, again, he's like a much more sort of thoughtful character in this mm-hmm. version, which is odd because yeah. it's on screen. It should be spectacular, but somehow they get this kind of spectacular quality out of these quiet moments with them. Um, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, he's a good one, and and I thought that Will's mom was like really well done. Also, like mm-hmm. she, you feel her like terror and and just like oh, her yeah. love of her son, right? She wants to protect him, but she can't. She's like not sure if she's crazy, and it, it was really powerful the way oh, they. they so. I do remember, um, as far as um his mom, a few people even commented though that Will himself acted a little different around his mom because in the books will was super super patient with her super loving but in some of the scenes in the tv show like well first off we saw him boxing which is a little little violent they they immediately make him out to be a bit of a more aggressive character than how we're taught in the book and so for him to be snapping at his mom at times or just like getting very annoyed or visibly annoyed at her was very um, I don't know if it was meant to show that he's um, more of a an aggressive character or what, but I don't recall that being in the books. I recall him being very, very patient with her, like having a completely 180 with her. No, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it, that was the boxing thing, and and I think that was a way for them to make his, you know, instead of the piano teacher, instead he has this um, sort of coach <laughs> figure um, that he can place his mom with and so it's sort of like a little better explained in a way like it makes a little more sense that he would trust um her with him possibly i I don't know yeah it's that that was tough um him you know not almost not believing her at first which i thought was uh, a pretty big change as well yeah um because yeah we don't have that scene in the supermarket where he like realizes that she has you know real that there are real problems um okay. and then you know a series of break-ins where he's like involved in scaring off the men right we don't see any of that um so yeah it's a little different well so okay so there's you know we get the sort of general shape of the story changed in that way we get some characters built up a little more um i was curious and, and you said a little bit about sort of the overall response has been pretty positive um I was curious about some of the other, I guess, um, changes or or adjustments, uh, I guess we could put it that way, that, um, you know, to bring this story to life, they must have had to make a ton of hard decisions, right? Um, but if they were going to, you know, have to leave Lyra off screen a little bit more often, um, instead of putting Will on screen quite so early, what do you think, what could they have maybe included, right? Like, what was something that didn't quite make it in that you would have really loved, really loved to see make it on screen? 
Oh, well, for sure. Um, just more on the demons, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said towards the beginning of this conversation is that we would have liked to see more of the explanation of the demons rather than being told outright, oh, they're the representation of our soul. But maybe more. Um, I, I do think they added quite a few interesting side stories, like um, when I believe Serafina and Fardacorum first talk together. That was a really lovely um, scene because they talked about um, their son, for example, and just the state of the whole world at the moment and the witches and how some of them are helping Bullvanger. But at the same time, although they had those nice moments, the focus on Will also drew away from that. Like, I wanted to be immersed in Lyra's world. I didn't want to worry about our world until maybe the very end. Yeah, I feel that too. I mean, the feeling of the cold and the snow, mm-hmm. um, I, you get it in some parts, but it's not quite as um, all-pervading, right, as this, like, fascination Lyra has with the North and, like, how overjoyed she is to finally, you know, be be there. Like, they, they kind of got it with her, you know, riding the bear, going to see what was up in that little village, right? Mm-hmm. But they, I think they just didn't quite have enough of um of that atmosphere um and you know the northern lights and all that good stuff I, yeah that was that's a good way to put it to be a little more immersed in her world and um and get that whole part of the story um coming across but yeah okay so the uh the fencing fencing with the bear right um i couldn't believe they didn't they didn't include the, like have her um, try to trick Yorick. I thought that's such a great moment for showing the character of both oh, of them. And, yes. and again, like what what bears are different than humans, right? I mm-hmm. couldn't believe that didn't make it in. Uh, such a shame. Yeah, instead they um I I remember they had a scene with her and Yorick on the way to that village. Um, just talk like he was eating his seal and she was like cuddled up to him and he was a little upset that she was like so close but then she was like i'm just trying to get warm and he was like mm. okay <laughs> and then they had a little conversation about um his past with the bears but he was like so brief about it he was just like oh i was a small bird bear but i'm not anymore there's no point in explaining why it's just that i'm not it was i felt like that could have been so much more like they could have included that part if they didn't want to include it earlier like, they could have included a little bit more bonding between them because, you know, Lyra grows to love that bear. Like, I, yeah. more than so many people in her life, she grows to love that bear. That was one theme I thought they did a nice job, though, with is is her trust of all these different figures, right? That's that's a major thing that we get to see mm-hmm. pretty clearly um, the way that, you know, it starts with the master, right, who she's always looked up to, but now he's trying to poison Uncle Asriel, like, that can't be right. And then, of course, Asriel is very complex. Um, Mrs. Coulter, likewise, great, great character. Um, but even, you know, the Egyptians, they, they really play up, like, can she trust the Egyptians? Um, can she trust, uh, you know, Scoresby and, and Yorick? Like, th- that's, like, the, the thing that kind of we keep coming back to is... Um, trust you know, issues. Yeah, the trust issue. <laughs> yeah, and... And of course, the the major, you know, source of truth is the alethiometer itself, and mm-hmm. and she's like pretty, she's pretty tough on it actually in this version. She's like, okay. 
she like kicks it away from her at one point. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, don't kick it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did you think of the design, by the way? Since we haven't uh, yeah, that. right. Very, uh, uh, like, uh, square. <laughs> yes. I was, um, the only thing I could think was that they just didn't want to be too close to the movie because I think the movie's alethiometer was, like, perfect. It perfectly oh. embossed the, um, the book's description. Oh. And I was like, maybe they just didn't get the rights to have a circular one. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, whole, the whole aesthetic of the show does tend a little towards the steampunk, right? Yes. Like um so that's cool. Like the um the change to make the witches sort of like superheroes too. Uh I, I was okay. a little put off by that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The fight at Bolvanger. Oh gosh. Whoa. Yeah. I could not um so, I, like I said, I was watching with somebody who'd never read it, but had seen the movie, and when Serafina flew down and killed about ten people in one moment, right. all he could say was, that is so OP. A little OP. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that that did not, that, even Night Speakers, I believe, um, also agreed that the, the fight itself was done better in the movie. Um, because maybe they just didn't have the time to put in, like, I don't know if you recall from the movie, but on one side it was all of the children and then the Tartars, and then the other side were all the Egyptians, and they were running across the ice in this huge epic moment, and then they clashed in the center. But here in this TV series, they just, um, kind of chaos, and then all of a sudden Serafina swoops down and kills everyone. (laughs) <laughs> and then we're done here. Right? And what I thought was so strange, I, I kind of liked actually, was the way that Mrs. Coulter watches this happen. And we, we see her watching and sort of calculating. Um, that was one change that I, I did kind of like about mm-hmm. the chaotic battle. Like she's kind of skulking around in the background and like watching and waiting for her opportunity. It makes her less of a like, again, sort of super villain it makes her a little more human, I guess, um, a little more sympathetic. Um, so they definitely sort of build that in a lot earlier, too, whereas in the books you don't really feel that until much later, uh, towards the end of the whole the whole thing, really, um, that she's, you know, a person with some, fe- with some complex feelings. Um, yeah, I think, um, um, I believe her name is Ruth Wilson, the actress. Um, she really, really brought Mrs. Coulter to life. She, um, I think her interpretation, or maybe the writer's interpretation, was very, very interesting. Like, as we have a few polls up on the wiki, and she was voted as the most popular, um, who everybody was excited to watch, because over and over again, she just nailed the part and brought something new, new depth to the character that none of us had thought about. Yeah, and... Her, the whole uh, image of her sort of walking along the edge of her, like, her her tower. <laughs> like, she doesn't have a flat this time. She has, like, a castle now that she's, like, oh. at the top of. And she's walking along the edge. Um, I insane. feel like that's foreshadowing pretty heavy, right? <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. In the, I don't know. In this interpretation, it just seems like 
they're they're dealing with mental health issues. Yeah. Pretty heavily, which yeah. wasn't. I mean, you couldn't really emphasize that in the books because we were following Lyra most of the time. We weren't really watching Mrs. Coulter's private time, but seeing that on screen was it really gave a new a new um, perspective on her side of things. Mm-hmm. Her and Boreal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's kind of uh, a little he's a little off, right? He he's a little like intense, I guess. Like the scene where he. Yes grabs the butterfly and just crushes it <laughs> oh my goodness whoa that was yeah, yeah I, I rewatched that today actually and i was like they made a huge decision right there yeah that was actually yeah. the first time somebody touched another person's demon in the show i believe i think so and one it wasn't emphasized enough like on that note, but also it emphasized the fact that if the demon dies, the human dies. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was such an intense moment. Like his his character was just given a whole revamp of emphasis, I guess. Yeah, he's a very different. I think maybe he's the most changed uh, as t- as far as like how I. Okay, maybe I can't say that because um, Fartercorum Fartercorum is super. Uh, different also uh he's you know not like a little old decrepit man he's like a big strong you know uh burly sailor man in the in the show so so maybe not the most different but what's that a lot of people thought john fought and farter um actor should have been switched (laughs) perhaps yeah yeah because in the um, in the movie adaptation they actually look opposite if you look back at their images, ah, like Fadoram okay. is like the skinnier dude, and John Faz is large, overpowering king. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be huge and um, you know, like a rock. You know, mm-hmm. I, I liked his 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 um, casting in this too. I thought it was you know he was a very powerful, mm-hmm. uh, like again, sort of bold and decisive figure. Um, and I loved how Lyra just like undercut his decision <laughs> and he couldn't do anything oh, yeah. about it. I thought that was great. Um, but, but Fodder Quorum, yeah, he's supposed to be broken down by his experiences and just like mm-hmm. a, a razor sharp wit, you know, but, but a weak body, um, that I thought was important, but, but no, but Lord Boreal, um, he is like a much more, uh, I guess not not more wily. He's uh, he's he's just more in your face, I guess, in the show. Like he he does stuff that um, the kind of crafty character in the book would never like be caught doing that with his own hands, right? He would have someone else do that for him, sort of thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay, but there's one thing I did. Um, oh, finish this thought first. <laughs> no, I I just I just thought like I wanted to agree with you that. The way that the demon is 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 like grabbed so ruthlessly, um, they really didn't, yeah, emphasize enough how big a taboo that that mm-hmm. was to do. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about one major character that I that I think was changed the most, mm-hmm. which is Ma Costa. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I spoke about it in some of the discussion posts, but in this adaptation she was just viewed as um well in, in the book she was viewed as a like strong motherly um yeah super strong egyptian woman 
But in this adaptation, she's just viewed as um, a broken mother who's just pining for her child. And I totally understand that. But, like, so much of her character was being strong throughout this whole ordeal of having her child stolen and being able to be there and, like, gather the Egyptians and rile them up and be like, let's do this. But throughout this adaptation, she's kind of... I mean, she even cried at one point, and I think both me and Night Speakers are both, like, cringing at that moment <laughs> because it was just, like, so out of character for her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess she maybe takes on a bit of the um, um, the, the, weak, the physical weakness that Fodder Coram has in the books. Um, you know, she's small and... Um, but but at the same time, she's also present throughout the journey, which is very different, right? She gets to go along, whereas they never mm-hmm. uh, allow it in in the story. Only Lyra is the allowed to go yeah. along with them. The right? only girl, all yeah. the Egyptian women have to stay behind. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Um, the uh, the way that Lyra again sort of um, attaches to these different adult figures. Um, the, I was I was really persuaded, I guess, like that she um, was working through her feelings and that, um, you know, Ma Costa really deeply loved her and cared about her. Um, but uh, but at the same time, like really wanted vengeance, you know, like that that came through as well. Um, and she gets to doesn't she get to kill one of the, the doctors in Bullvanger? I thought that was pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, gosh. So, yeah. So, um, the gypsums in general, like they, uh, they have a kind of, um, like musical element to them. Uh, they, they're singing songs at different parts throughout the series, um, which gave them a cool, you know, uh, different feel. Um, but, uh, but I don't know if they, I, I guess, I guess I don't know enough about, um, the Egyptian community and uh, how they would feel about being portrayed on screen. I, I, I guess I just don't know um, how big of a thing, um, you know, singing and stuff is and whether that was like a fair representation or um, something that the writers made up that was good or yeah, I, I just, I did like it though. I, I'll say that. I do. I, I didn't notice it so much until um, Billy died and they did sing that song to him and I thought that was really touching but um one big thing with the Egyptians is that this might be an odd thing to bring up but Billy and Tony Costa are meant to be brothers right right yeah and the actors look quite different racially (laughs) and um I don't think that was ever implied in the books personally I don't I don't know if you can recall if that was a thing or not. Well, no, but I think the racial element is a big thing in the way it's portrayed on screen, right? Um, mm-hmm. We have a lot of black characters, and they, um, as a result, like, if you want to sort of follow that logic out, it seems to me that that makes John Fa Billy Costa's dad, oh maybe. Or maybe Benjamin DeRoyter, right? One of the two. It was heavily implied that way, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what but I got. at the same time, I'm... I'm almost positive neither of those facts should be should be true, <laughs> right. and that it was honestly kind of just 
distracting yeah. for me personally because I, I, I was constantly thinking am I just imagining this or do they look completely different or also if John Fa had been the dad wouldn't he be more sad when he died yeah and Benjamin seemed really young to be the dad yeah yeah no it's a little confusing yeah distracting might be a good word for it. and also just because you know um it it adds an element that is not emphasized in the books mm-hmm. it's another layer and it's it's very you know kind of a hot button thing of course in re- in real life politics um we get we hear about like an African king, a Gungwe later on, and so there are like black characters in this world. It's it's not like a, a totally right. um, crazy thing to have them be present, but it's also again it's not emphasized in the way that like it just leaps out at you when you watch the show. Um, and Will Will Perry, right? He's uh he's kind of uh, got a uh, a white dad. We see like in the clips that he's watching, mm-hmm. um, and a black mom, and so he's a mixed race kid. Um, that seems to be like maybe something that other kids even pick on him for, possibly. His school seems, I, yeah, like kind so of fancy. Being, yeah. With him being mixed, I did not find that distracting at all. Okay, yeah. I didn't mind that at all because, I mean, he's living in our world. Like, we're not as touchy about that sort of thing, maybe as Lyra's world would be. But yeah. with Billy and Tony and Ma, they just. I don't know if they they meant it for it to be Egyptian thing, like it mm-hmm. it just distracted me. That's all I can really say about it. Oh, there's also the master, of course. The master is portrayed as a black dude with a really great afro hairdo, <laughs> uh, and uh, yes. I thought he was a great great uh, casting. Him and the librarian, they had a great dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I like. I mean, I liked it. I. I agree. It was a little distracting uh, at times, like trying to figure out like, wait, what is this like implying? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So the, the kind of diversity that we get in the world, um, of course it includes the witches. It includes Lee Scoresby, who we haven't talked about, like speaking of musical, right? Like, oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, they, they get him to sing like when he first comes in, but he, he, he doesn't, they don't really make a big deal of, of that particular talent of um lin-manuel miranda so uh, so far at least um but yeah uh th- there i i thought that they did a cool thing with him um being a little bit more like of a playful character you know um even more so than in the books uh, where he does always have a kind of distance from lyra as much as he cares about her like she always addresses him as mr scoresby right um, but not in the in the show. He's just Lee. Like they're just buddies from the. Oh from the yeah, game. and Lee in the show is just. Oh my goodness, he's portrayed in so many different like stereotypical ways, like <laughs> as a humorous character, you know. Yeah. Because I, I just didn't see him that way in the books. No. Nah. But I, I totally understand why they did it. Like they needed maybe a little bit of humor, a little bit of comic relief. Sure. But. For them to have Lee be like a thief and kind of lazy kind of made me a little bit sad just because I know like Lee's like this really upstanding guy and he's like he fights for what he believes in. But for him to be portrayed that way was a little I I get it. I totally understand why they did it. It's just not how I wanted to see him. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I feel that. And he's just a lot younger, too. Like, I think that's a big part of it. Um, he's true. still, like, finding his way, almost, whereas in the books, like, he's this, you know, veteran of all these old campaigns and whatnot. That's how I pictured him, at least. And, and he's, yeah, um, uh, he's he has some really important um, uh, functions in the story. I, I feel like he is a really critical character, actually, in the books as they are originally written. He sort of um, links together a lot of things uh, throughout. He might be one of my favorite characters in, in, the, in the written story, um, but he does end up kind of being a, a much more um, sort of silly um fun character in the show so far at least yeah um like i'm thinking of um his uh his his teach he teaches lyra basically that her dad tricked the scholars which i think is a really big thing for her to like realize mm-hmm. you know like um that might not have been the head of stanislaus grumman right that he showed them he might have been fooling them all along um yeah, I think that, again, some of those kind of conversations, they, they couldn't fit them all in, of course. Right. Uh, but but I, I really miss them um, not not being as big a part of the show, I guess. Because um, that, you know, that development of the characters is, again, what you lose when you don't have enough of time with demons and these kind of conversations and things. But, uh, but okay, okay. So back to... Um, night speakers questions um i think we we talked a little bit about you know will and elaine coming in early a little bit about enlarging boreal although i think there's probably some more to say about that um but another question here um is about hopes hopes for season or series two and if they do another one or or even more right um so based on what we've seen so far, what kinds of things are you are you hoping they will manage to um, include and, and um, do a good job with in the next, uh, I guess, eight episodes or whatever? Well, I know that the demons won't bother me so much because they won't have as many to worry about. That's right. That's right. So I'm hoping that they're, they're the CGI and the visual effects will definitely be focused on, like, I believe this is, hold on, let me double check this. But I believe this is the series where the species, nope, that's the third one. Never mind. Scratch that. It's okay. So, season <laughs> we'll two. We'll get there, hopefully. But um, I, I'm just hoping to see more of Lyra's creative side. Like, she... Her characterization in this first series may have been because she wasn't allowed to be focused on as much. Right. And maybe now there'll be, like, I don't know if her, if she'll, I mean, she's still under child labor laws, the actress, so I don't know how much they can focus on her or not. But I'm just hoping to see more of her and Pan yeah. and, I guess, Will now. <laughs> yeah, now that they have the two of them to deal with, and they do spend a lot of time together, of course, but they also have kind of their separate, you know, adventures that they go on throughout um, the next couple, well, yeah, the next couple books, right? I mean, 
are, are you thinking of the Mulefa, the the wheeled? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. I, I was yeah. excited to see how they would portray those because there's a lot of different drawings of them. There's not yet been an adaptation to show them. So I'll tell you, my fear, my suspicion, my fear is that they will somehow manage to write them out of the story because I can't, I, I don't know how they're going to do it without it looking kind of ridiculous, frankly. Um, so my fear is that they'll write them out somehow and, and replace them with something else. My hope is that they are like big and, you know, like cute um, elephant faced uh, <laughs> horse things I, that ride on wheels. Like I hope that they're there um, desperately. But um, but yeah, I, I suspect that they might find a way to avoid them entirely um, by the time we get there. I, I don't know. Like, I, I really hope that Mary Malone is not written out of the story because they, I think in the, um, I think in the stage version, they kind of give most of her role to Serafina Pecola instead is what I've heard. Um, okay. So I, I hope that she, she's another one of my favorite characters, Mary Malone. So I, I hope she's there. Oh yeah. I love Mary. Like her whole story is like, she's this bumbling scientist who stumbles upon like the discovery of a century. Right. So I, I, I'm super excited to see her for sure. So I know night speakers wanted to hear our predictions for casting, but I have honestly no idea, but the casting actually series one was so opposite of what I was expecting. I don't know what to expect from Harry Malone. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know enough like real world actors to even really speak to that question unfortunately but I mean I have a definite kind of picture of what she's like um you know sort of like mousy very hard-working you know and um you know very brave just like a very tough um geeky lady basically <laughs> um yeah I I really want her to be uh, an awesome character in in, in the show too um I I'm I'm really interested in the um, the way that in the books the um, the opening of the big gateway sort of thingy um, the bridge right like changes the locations of all the other ones that that Boreal knows about and that other people know about. Um, I'm curious if that will be retained, how they'll sort of deal with that plot issue, <laughs> um, and just like the movements of Mrs. Coulter. As I read these books over and over, like her movements just don't make sense to me. Like how she can get from one place to another. And I don't know how they're going to deal with that also. Because it seems like they've tried to make that much more logical in the show. Like she flies with the church and she has to sort of maneuver to get them to do what she wants. You know, like that's shown a lot more how she's doing Mm -hmm. that. So I'm curious, like, you know, how are we going to get her on that boat? But then off of that boat and over to Lord Boreal's house in Oxford, right? Like that's tough so i don't know (laughs) um i'm I'm also excited in series two to experience all these different worlds and especially the specters Ooh, yeah how they're gonna do that because we can't we can't see them right if we're looking at them from the character's eyes we don't see them at all um but yeah we have to sort of like fear them all the same so that's yeah Mm -hmm. that's gonna be interesting um these actors, I mean, I feel like they are a little bit older looking than, you know, the kids in the books oh, would be, absolutely. <laughs> uh, which is fine. Like, yeah, that's probably a good thing because, you know, given that they're supposed to sort of fall in love, like that'd be a little icky if they were too young. 
Um, so yeah, that's good. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, like maybe the kids will be old enough to see the specters like pretty quickly. Uh, that's, that's a possibility, I guess. Um, I don't know. And, um, let's see what else. Well, and book- sure. Oh, go ahead. I'm sure they can't see specters until, I mean, their demons have settled. Oh, like, yeah. So I that's, don't. That's important. Quite. Yeah. So they can't. Oh, no. So we'll only see them when we're sort of looking through the eyes of the witches or um, Lee Scoresby and um, John Perry when they get there, too. Yeah, I feel like we'll only see, like, shimmers in the air, like, okay, yeah. through a dirty lens or something like that. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, because I guess they sort of, they suggest, like, as kids get older but not quite there, they'll they'll sort of, like, be bothered by them. They'll sort of half see them and and try to brush them away yeah oh oh i noticed did you see that they had um kids whose demons were cut away um counting and and we're told that that's like um that's um elaine's elaine perry's way of of sort of um calming down is to like count things will will tells us about that and um the boy who he steals well you know wins the knife from rather um paolo is it Paolo or their brother Tulio, whichever? I can't remember. But anyway, he's counting things too. So they they sort of work that counting thing in a lot earlier too. Oh um, yeah, I was actually, as far as all of those kids with their demons cut away, I was super shocked to see that. Like there were at least like ten or fifteen of them, and yeah. as far as I knew, this this whole process was killing the children. And there had only been one or two survivors at Max, you know? So, so you said, wait, you haven't read The Secret Commonwealth, right? Correct. Okay, okay. So this whole thing about people without demons is is a big theme of that book. So I wonder if maybe they're, again, sort of pulling things in. Because they, you know, they bring in from the Bel Sauvage about the flood. They bring that in right up front. Um, so, so I'm feeling like maybe they're doing a little bit of work to again, sort of get everything to connect up a little bit more smoothly um, with that um, aspect well, of it. Wasn't, I feel like season one was already concluded by the time The Secret Commonwealth. Yeah. Could oh, that, that could well be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it wrapped, and it was... Um, yeah, well, I wonder... I guess I don't know how much input Philip Pullman had. That's in, true. Yeah, because... Because he's, he's listed as executive producer or something, so he must have had, like, a certain amount of sway in, um, you know, at least giving things the okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe just sort of a um, an honorary title or something. But uh, I'm curious. Yeah, I, I guess he... He he was very hands off of the um, the film version, and uh, it didn't go so well. So I wonder if he was a little more hands on this time. I, I just I don't know. Um, I'm curious about that. But uh, um, okay, so just to maybe wrap things up here, I know it's getting late there. So um, any favorite favorite moments, favorite parts of um, of the show so far, and again stuff that you know they they really did great job with um in the show i mean i think that for the demons that we did see they were fantastically done like definitely with like the talking and all of that stuff i understand their limitations but 
they were very impressive. Like I saw a video once on how this particular company puts all the CGI together and it was like layering over a bear or something. It was okay. very cool. But, um, yeah. yeah, the, dy- the, the, um, the realism that they are able to get now with mm-hmm. um, that stuff is, is unreal. I, I mean, I remember, <laughs> you know, I'm old enough to remember when this kind of stuff was like very cutting edge and you could, you could never hope to see something so real um, like pan. And I think, some of the scenes with the um, the golden monkey wrestling with Pan and oh, yeah. um, just sort of like the fear that he instilled as he would like creep through the walls of Mrs. Coulter's house. I, I loved how that actually in a, in a weird way paralleled the way they showed Lyra hiding in the very beginning, hiding in the walls sort of behind the bookcases. Um instead of in a wardrobe, right? They wrote that part out and they put her in behind some books instead. I really liked, yeah, some of the visual parallels that they're able to do, things like that. Um, and the the kind of the fear and excitement and, and stuff that they're able to, to generate with those, um, I thought was the best thing about the show so far. Um, it's, it's just really well done. Um, and, and like I said, the music is just like so cool. <laughs> so, so heroic, right? Uh, yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I've, I've got my problems with it, but I, I really overall thought it's an awesome piece of work that they've done. Definitely. Uh, I still, yeah, I still someday want to, like, see the Northern Lights e- even more now, having got the visuals for that um, through the show. Um, but, yeah, well, gosh, think this has, like, flown by. We, we'll have to... <laughs> Uh, chat again once you have a chance to read the Secret Commonwealth, because um, sure. I'm curious. I'm curious what you think um, about some of the changes that Pullman makes to his world in that book. Um, oh gosh, are there a lot? <laughs> there's yeah, there's some big stuff. Um, I recently got a chance to talk um, with someone else about it, and um, yeah, there's there's some things that are uh, pretty pretty hard, pretty challenging, we'll say. So so I, I want to know what you think when you get a chance to read it. Um, but yeah, thanks again um, so, thanks much. so much. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, right. well, and and thanks anyone listening out there. Just uh, yeah, go on that fandom and uh, post some comments and questions, and I'll try to remember to go and check those out and um, and respond as much as I can. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Yeah. Let's talk again soon. Yeah. Bye. Take care.